You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned in to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Defensive. We saw what they did in the playoffs. Jesse Bates came back, signed the franchise tag. They can't get the extension done. You get playmakers like Dax Hill, who's not really getting those rookie reps just yet. I'm not surprised. We've talked about it before on the podcast. More than likely going to be Miami game. A different mobile sort of quarterback when Dax Hill is going to be seeing the field more and getting some more rookie reps. But they looked good versus the Steelers. They're going against Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush. We have to keep that in mind. At the same time, they've had one turnover. They should have had multiple in the Dallas game, and they're not getting to the quarterback. What's going on with this defense, and is it as good as we think it is? I think the defense, there's signs that it's not as good as we think it is, but there's also signs that it is as good as we think it is because they are right now number two in the league at forcing a punt on a drive, uh, not on a drive, but on a set of downs. They're giving up a first down like 50% of the time, and that's awesome. So no matter who you're playing, that's really good. Um, but I do think there is some slight concern. DJ Reader, as amazing as a nose tackle as he is, and I think he might be the best nose tackle in the NFL, Not a, shouldn't be your number one pass rusher. And right now, I think you, by the stats, maybe not. Maybe Trey Hendrickson's still better when you watch him. But he's the one that's getting back there the most, and he's the one that's causing the most pressure. He doesn't have a sack, but he's causing the pressure. He caused the pressure on the only sack yesterday. Or yesterday, sorry. But he's the only one that caused the he only sack. Me. Yeah, he's the only one that caused the only sack in the Cowboys game. He, they Now, Cooper Rush escaped him, but he gets sacked by Sam Hubbard. And it's because he moved off his spot because DJ Reader drove his guy into the backfield. So I think there is a little bit of a pass rush concern. You pay BJ Hill this money. You want him to do a little bit more as a pass rusher. He's going against Zach Martin this week, though. So understandable. Last week went against uh, James Daniels. And I I don't – I know some PFF and others consider James Daniels to be a really, really good player. I, I think that BJ Hill should have won that matchup. And it felt like he didn't. Now, DJ Reader was able to win that matchup when he got it. So you need BJ Hill to play better. You need uh, Trey Hendrickson to be a dominant force. If he's a top eight edge rusher in this league, and he has been by stats, then he needs to dominate these guys he's going against. I know he gets extra attention because he's the big pass rusher on the team. But when you're against Dan Moore and Tyler Smith, it gets better from here. Like Those aren't the cream of the crop at left tackle right now. They're 
fine. They're solid. They're starters. I don't think they're terrible, but he needs to dominate those guys because look, when, when Joey Bosa and Miles Garrett and TJ Watt goes against these types, think of what TJ Watt did to Lalo Collins. I mean, that's what you want to see from Trey Hendrickson and he's not giving it right now. So you need everybody to step up in the pass rush department. I'm still not sure if they're blitz and sending these extra rushers is going to do much as much for them as it does for some other teams. I'm not sure if it's a design thing or what Mike Hilton should be able to do that. And Von Bell should be able to do that a little bit, but it hasn't been why this team has been so good at rushing the passer. I think they are a good team last year at rushing the passer. They're missing Ogan Joby a little bit. I think they just need a couple guys to step up. We'll go to the secondary and just the safety room alone. I want to focus on Jesse Bates because we've talked about Jesse Bates for months and months and months and months and months, and he doesn't get the training camp preseason reps. All of that comes into camp late because of all the franchise tag stuff. When we see this Joe Burrow slander that's out there, there's a lot of Jesse Bates slander too. And a lot of people are like, I trade him, get rid of him, put Dax Hill in. Jesse's not making the moves. He's not Minka Fitzpatrick. Jesse's never going to be Minka. Minka is absolutely, I mean, that guy is fun to watch defensively and he makes plays. And obviously we saw the pick six against Joe Burrow in week one. There's a uh, people aren't really liking Jesse Bates right now on the defense. Can you can you tell them to calm down, relax? What's going on? Yeah, I mean this is it's ridiculous. I just post a little bit of analysis. Like he does give up the touchdown. He doesn't get a reroute from underneath, but he's one on one with the wide receiver. He just was a tick slow at reacting. He doesn't have the closing speed to make up for it. That's okay. It happens to everybody. I don't think he was terrible in this game. But the reaction was basically bench him, send him away, cut him, all these other things. No, he's still a good player. I He missed all of training camp. He missed every preseason game, like all the starters did. But he missed all of training camp. I mean, this guy, he's he's uh, just a little – I know it's a broken record. But it's what the Bengals kind of did. A lot of these guys are playing rusty. And he was a little bit rusty and slow to react. It'll get better. I think the idea that he's just some bum is ridiculous when he was the best player on the playoff run. I mean, without Jesse Bates, they don't do they even get out of the first round because he was amazing in that one. He broke up six passes. Do they get out of the next round? He makes an interception on the first play of the game. Do they get out of the third round? He's the one who broke up the pass to Tyree Kill. And he caught an interception against Matthew Stafford. I mean, this guy was incredible in the playoffs. Maybe he's not the elite of the elite safeties, but he could flash that level of play. It's not as consistent, but he can flash that. And I think he's a good player. You've only got him for one more year. And I understand that's frustrating that this star player, at least very good player, doesn't want to stick with you because of the business side of everything. But that's just the business. And if this team's going to go back to the Super Bowl, it's going to come with Jesse Bates playing at an elite level or at least a very high level and not from Dax Hill being a rookie out there. I would love to be wrong, but for Dax Hill to be better than what Jesse Bates brought, especially in that playoff run, he would have to be like Eric Berry, Earl Thomas levels of good in his first year. Not their prime, but like when they hit the field their first year, they were already one of the best safeties. That's not common. I think a lot of people have to remember too, Jesse Bates isn't going to be taking plays off and not playing at 100%. This guy's playing for his next contract with another team and they're watching this tape. This is about those reps. It's about his future in the NFL where he's going to land. So 
just give it some time. I agree. I think just getting these game reps and and kind of he did train. He didn't train with the team, but he did train down in Florida, getting more just regular season in him. This guy's going to be fine, and he's not playing terrible. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But we'll go to Dax Hill because I feel like we have to tell people this all the time that Dax Hill... You know, he's he's not going to get all those reps. He's he's going to slowly get them. I Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be the Miami game next Thursday. Dax Hill's going to get reps, and he's going to have, like, a pick six or something. And Twitter's going to melt down and be like, I told you this guy should have been in there over him. It's going to be something crazy, like a turnover. But I, I, I think it's the Chris Evans, it's the Dax Hill. I mean, Cam Taylor Britt will be able to come back soon, which I don't – I think his rookie year is a wash. And that's me personally. I think, you know, he he had his moments in training camp, but struggled a little bit and didn't, you know, gets injured. It's it's kind of hard to come back from that with this defense. Um, I know there's a lot of questions with Eli Apple still. He is what he is out there in the cornerback room. But um, just, you know, Eli Apple, the Dax Hill reps. What's that future looking like right now for that secondary? Yeah, look, to me, and I hope I'm not proof wrong on this, Dax Hill's a weapon for when they play really good passing offenses. They've played Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush. Throwing Dax Hill out there instead of having another run stopper is probably not a service to the defense. I mean, Dallas is able to move a lot, move the ball a lot of the time. And that only gets worse if you remove somebody who's better at stopping the run type uh, an issue like a Mike Hilton, because I don't think he's replacing either safety in these sets. So you look to who's he going to replace a linebacker. That's not great for these situations. Is he going to replace Mike Hilton? Mike Hilton is, I've said it, he's a maniac in the run game and Daxel's not there yet. So who are you going to replace him with? You don't need him to stop Mitch Trubisky and Cooper rush. And really the defense showed that they did really well on these teams. They didn't get the turnovers. They didn't get the sacks but they are showing that they can stop these guys and get all these stops next week. You're probably not seeing it that much either against Joe Flacco, unless he's really carving them up or something and they have to make a mid game adjustment. I don't see them using Dax Hill that often. It's the Thursday night game that you really have to think, okay, this will be the first game you might see double digit Dax Hill snaps. And if he doesn't there, it could just still be a rookie type thing. But I think by the end of the year, he's probably gonna be playing at, like a dozen snaps a game, maybe, especially when you start thinking about how they have to play what, the Bills, uh, you know, the Chiefs. They have to play all these really, really high powered passing offenses. That's when he's probably going to see the field and maybe against the Ravens, too. I do think that they like him as a weapon. I haven't seen it, I don't have any insider information, but I think they're going to like having a lot of speed on the field to match Lamar Jackson. Looking at the NFL overall, you get the Monday Night Football game doubleheader last night. Hurts, Josh Allen, those offenses, what they were able to do in the quarterback room alone. It made me a little jealous, I'm not going to lie, because I think about the Bengals offense and, you know, obviously Joe's struggling, offensive line is struggling, the wide receivers are still really good and they're not getting the ball right now. 
What did you think overall when you watched Buffalo and maybe what Cincinnati can be? I'm not even comparing Josh Allen and Joe Burrow as the same guy, but they're both talented quarterbacks. And watching that last night, watching it on Monday Night, we're recording on Tuesday. I'm like, how does Cincinnati get back to being exciting like that? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to the Bills and really the Chiefs and the Eagles and all these teams, they – there comes a point, and it was said a lot about the Chiefs, about how they, you know, you just got to play cover two against Mahomes. I feel like we're forgetting that because now the whole thing is you just got to play Tampa two against Joe Burrow. Great quarterbacks. They're going to figure this out. I know Andy Reid is probably going to be a better play designer, play caller for this type of situation, but I think they figure it out. They're going to figure out the run game for one to move the ball and stay consistent against because these are light boxes to run into. So I think they're going to figure out the run game. You have to find a way to either get them out of that look, which would be the run game and just getting to all of your uh, beaters, which they're trying a little bit, but I think it just seems like a work in progress for everything of like, what's going to work. And which sounds like something they should figure out in training camp, but it is what it is. They said they had the answer. I'm not sure that their answer worked when it hit the field. It was an on-paper answer. So now can they adjust? Can they get to the answer? Can you get these teams out of these coverages? Can you force them into looks that you like? All these other things. And uh, I, I have confidence that they will. I have confidence that this offense will become exciting again. It's annoying to watch right now. It's frustrating, especially everything just feels so bottled up. But I think it gets there. And I think the whole everybody makes a big mess over a few weeks about well this coverage just stops that player or that team or whatever i don't think that's going to be the case um and if it is you really have to look at getting a new play caller or anything like that i don't think it will but i mean if that plagues you for an entire year it's time to look into something some change but right now i'm not calling for change i'm not calling for change because it's been two weeks and i think it's just a reactionary move yeah, if you're calling to fire the head coach after two games when he just helped you go to the Super Bowl, you're I'm sorry, you're an insane person. That's silly. That is that you're not none of that is happening. It's not gonna happen. And Zach Taylor might decide to give Brian Callahan behind the scenes. He might not make it public of how he's calling the plays. Brian Callahan's calling more of the plays. Joe's having more of a say when it comes to the plays. That stuff might be happening behind the scenes. I know when Zach Taylor has a press conference and it makes people mad when he, you know, delivers an answer. I think one of them, I'm paraphrasing it here, when he when he was asked about Joe Burrow taking the hits and he says it's not frustrating. Look, I'm sure when Zach gets off that podium, he's like, it is pretty frustrating. I'm tired of my quarterback getting hit. It's not like Zach is just telling you like this is exactly how he feels i mean he's great in the meet with the media but at the same time he feels a certain way behind the scenes too with how the season is going he he gives very coach speak answers and people get mad and brian callahan is very very transparent and it's like kind of refreshing but then people also get mad because yeah. he says he said something like oh, i thought micah parsons would play more linebacker and people are like you didn't prepare it's like no he played 20 plus snaps of linebacker in like every game i watched like, I'm with Brian that they used him almost five snaps at linebacker. Every other snap was on the line. So I'm with him. And that doesn't mean I didn't prepare for Micah Parsons as a pass rusher. That means, oh, I thought we'd get a few more plays where we wouldn't have to block that guy. That sucks. Not that I didn't prepare for it. They're probably always prepared for 11. It's just, I think, I think that 
fans are just gonna be mad no matter what after a loss like this a very frustrating game and i understand but yeah it's both answers are making them mad it's like when they're transparent they're angry when they're giving coach speak and like oh i don't mind joe burrow getting hit 30 times in two weeks they're mad because you should be mad it's like well they can't throw these players under the bus that's the biggest thing no, I mean, you, you even hear Joe Burrow when he's when he was up there his rookie year, his second year, he would never throw the offensive line under the bus. Was he probably upset when he would get home? Like, probably, probably like, man, I really would like to not get hit anymore. Um, but I mean, just because they don't say it and it's not in a press conference doesn't mean things aren't happening behind the scenes, too. Um, I shouldn't have said people are insane if they think you should be fired. So I, sh- I should say that you just got to calm down. Relax, everyone. Just chill. Let's watch what happens in week three. There's going to be some must wins coming up soon. Some might say it is on Sunday. I don't know if I'm there yet, but um, you know, it's it's getting it's getting late, kind of. But uh, it's still open in the AFC North. They're one game out. Their big Thursday night game coming up: Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. I know you're going to have a busy week. What's going to be on all Bengals? What's already up there? <laughs> yeah, it should already be up there. It'll be. Um... The I, I, I'm just going to get into some of the passing concepts that I think they can utilize to go against Tampa, too. Um, I I was going to think I was thinking like, oh, I'll just figure out what I want to write when I watch. And I was like, oh, man, I want to write about DJ Reader, but I don't think I can do that again. You know what? Who says you can't? Who says you can't? They're all two right now. You can write whatever you want. It's 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 whatever. You know, and I was actually thinking um, a little behind the scenes here. We we actually talked about it um via via our twitter dms when we were talking about the show and we might get to a point this season where we just gotta we have to have the listeners the people who are listening join our show on some of the the post game recaps to just get that live reaction i hope we don't have to do that i hope they're winning and we have plenty to talk about but we'll see we'll see how this season turns around for the cincinnati Bengals. i'm optimistic i think they're going to be two and two um that's really looking ahead and i don't think you really can but i am that's my hot take that's where i'm going 500 before you play the Baltimore Ravens, but plenty online. Make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore sand. You can follow me at Alindias Patterson. We'll look ahead later in the week to the Bengals and Jets. They're looking for win number one. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs>